Young Maxwell, I am thirsty. What are you thirsty for? Beer. Where do you live? Chico. I know exactly where you can go. Where is? It's in Spike's Bottle Shop here in Chico. Yeah, 1270 East First Avenue. That sounds like a magical land of beer and pork rinds. They have the greatest selection of beer in Chico for sure. Maybe California, maybe the United States, maybe the world. And what's even better is that since you listen to this podcast, you can get a 10% discount by going to Spike's, picking out your beer, and at checkout saying our password, which is FHC, and then you just get 10% off. That's just what happens. Is that going to be the password just for this week? No, that is our password always. So if in the past you've been listening, you think the password changes, not the case. FHC is our password. One password to rule them all and with pork rinds and beer intoxicate you. Done. So go on out to Spikes, get 10% off by saying FHC. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Darn tootin', this is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome, everybody. Tootin' darn. Uh, Fresh Hop Cinema, if you've never tuned in, is a show about craft beer and film and me and that guy. And me. That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. We talk about beers, some new beers, some classics, some movies, new and classics. Uh, We do enter a third segment in our show called The Danger Zone. And essentially, that is where we break down the movie as if the people listening have seen it. So we go spoilers. So if you're watching out for that in this movie, this is a fairly new movie. So go see it. Come back for the third segment. Yep. But before that segment, we spoil nothing. So you're, it's all free and safe. Except your appetite. True. Possibly. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Depends on what comes up. We could talk about boogies. Yeah, sure. We don't have to, though. We don't have to. Uh, no, but uh, welcome to Fresh Up Cinema, guys. If you've uh, never tuned in before, uh, welcome. If you have tuned in before, welcome again. Yeah. We're back. We are back. We're back. And from leaving somewhere. From, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. It's been like a week. Something Whatever. like that. Or it will have been a week next week. We did some time warp things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We've been recording some stuff out of order. It doesn't yes. matter. Next week, you'll hear the episode that we recorded right before this. I'm going to London soon. That's why this is happening. Yeah. Okay. And so we can speak in the present. Uh, we we were yeah we're recording things out of order. It yes. makes no difference to you, but it's confusing to Correct. us. Can I just say too? You were telling me to turn your headphones down. Yeah, and I turned them up like a couple times. <laughs> yeah, they're still so polite. You're like, no, 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 down. I need them down. <laughs> yeah. Like, How loud do you want these? <laughs> no, I'm okay. gonna go yeah. deaf. Yep. Good okay. Lord. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Great. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Here uh, we are. Let's talk about. I we didn't talk about this last episode, but our setup today is a little bit different. We have no table in we're, front of us. We're super casual format. Just a couple guys. Super cash. A couple guys with some chairs. This is the cash. Yeah, this is like all chairs. There, we're using chairs as tables and chairs as chairs. So, yeah. chairs for chairs squared. So many flat surfaces. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. What's new, man? Uh, what is new? Yeah. Well, I talked about it next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I talked about my next week next week as well. So yeah. I won't do that now. This week. Um, Doing some Chico Beer Week stuff. Fun. It's been fun. I hit the brewery tap takeover last night at the Winchester Goose. Uh, there's some fun things coming up from like Burgers and Brew and different places. And I got to try some cool uh, Ale Smith Speedway Stout variants Word. last night. That was fun. Uh, week one, no Facebook. That's been dope. Right. Um, talked about that at length next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tune in for that. Yeah. But first week's been killer and quiet. Yeah. It's been good. Been drinking a lot of good beer, working a lot. I got to work an event. My very first one is a brewery rep. So I got mm. to pull a beer trailer out to the Brew Fork event at the Elks Lodge. We were doing something. You were in between um, just getting back from Reno and then leaving for San Francisco the next day. So we recorded. No, we didn't. We pre-recorded that week. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, because um, 
you there's just time frame right. scheduling and then you didn't come out Thursday because you were sicky pants. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah I remember I texted you that day. But yes. You were, I can't have you out drinking and ruining your voice when mm-hmm. you've got to play a show in San Francisco the very next day. Right. So, but yeah, that was fun. This is the very first event I ever got to work that I actually got to pour beer. Sweet. So, what did, uh, what, were you pouring your guys' beer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Rad. Yeah. That, so that was fun. Got to meet a bunch of cool people and give away stuff and mm-hmm. I heard some good jokes. So it was good. Great. Yeah. That's, that's a solid day. Yeah, it was. How's your last week been? It's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything new. We, we made the, well, not the mistake. We made the choice of, so we're pre-recording two, well, one episode cause I'll be in London next week. So, uh, our episode that you'll hear after this one, uh, we recorded before this one today. Yeah. So our time, so we talked about a bunch of stuff in that episode that won't be relevant a week from now, but that's when you're going to hear it. No, it'll still be relevant. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's Facebook just, stuff for sure. Will yeah. Be. But definitely what we're talking about right now, uh, is just happened. Yeah. You know, I've, so, so the brew fork stuff, Chico beer week right. stuff. Max just bought boots. Bought boots. I said that. Um, I did. So yeah, I did play in San Francisco. I guess that's relevant. I, if you don't mind, I kind of want to hear more about what's going to be happening in London. Sure. Because that's you're leaving in a couple days. Yes. So I haven't really heard the rundown. Like you playing some gigs over there. I am. Yeah. I'm. So I've come to the point in my life where I'm just thinking now. Not that this is a point that everybody comes to, but I'm at a point where I decided I just want to travel more. That's I've a, always known I wanted to travel. It's a great point to get to. Yeah. And I was like, well, now seems like the right time. I'm not really tied down by children or a career that's holding me back at the moment. If anything, your career would be helpful. Right. So I figured I would book something. I've always wanted to go to London and I figured I'd try to book some shows and I did. So I'm, I'm going to be gone. I'm leaving on a Wednesday. I'll be back on a Friday. So nine days, two of those days of travel. So about seven days uh, in, in the UK and four nights I'll be playing shows. That's really cool. Yeah. I think three of them are going to be pretty legitimate listening shows and one's going to be to make some money. Okay. more of like a... Uh, restauranty kind of thing. Okay. We'll see what happens. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. I haven't traveled abroad as an adult, but as you can see here, okay. got my passport. Passport in hand now. And my old passport. Are you going just by yourself? Uh, yeah. So I you're getting on a plane. Solo. Getting on a plane, going to London by yourself. I am. That in itself, a lot of people would say, is a really brave thing to do. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for saying that. For yeah, real. It's, I. It's scary traveling out of the country. I guess it kind of is to do it by yourself. I mean, for a lot of people. Uh, besides us, I do a lot of traveling on my own. So mm-hmm, do you, mm-hmm. uh, but just to the average person, that That's is, true. it's kind of a daunting task. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. I really dig being alone and seeing new things and experiencing things. I'm going to do a lot of writing while I'm gone. I hope. Sure. Um, since I have these open, I wanted to show you what my face looked like then and now on my passport. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. That's, uh, that's something. That is. Uh, yeah. I want you to write a song for me outside of a castle. Deal. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to see any castles. Well, outside of a building. I am going to see the Roman baths. Does that count? That's like a historical yeah. thing of significance there. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Now, are you going to be spending the whole time uh, in the city of London? Are you going to no. get to explore quite a bit? Actually, or? my first, so I'm flying into London, but then my first night will be spent in Bath, which okay. is where those baths are. That's cool. Spend a night there and then another night there. The second night is my show there. Okay. Then I'm going to train it to London Nice. Uh, for a couple nights. I'm going to play on Saturday night and Monday night. How far is Bath from London? So, I and it's think, in England, right? Yeah. Okay. I think um, I think it's about an hour and a half. Okay. By right. by train. Okay. Um, and then I've got uh, a couple days in London, right? And then going to Brighton. Okay. Which is less time, but still outside uh, South. Okay. By the sea. Cool. So that should be fun. That'll be my last show that Wednesday. Then I'll fly home Thursday and get home Friday. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So it'll be fun. Heck yeah. 
That is really cool. It's a bold move to just go explore a country by yourself. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And like nine days isn't a ton of time to be gone. A lot of people recommend going for longer, but yeah. it's a nice like dipping my toes in the water. Should we point out what's going on? Because it's kind of loud. Right? Yeah. We have people over, I guess, basically. Yeah. Is the short version. Yeah. They're watching Bridesmaids. Yeah. Bridesmaids so. is happening in the other room. And at the moment, we don't have a soundproof booth. So mm. here we are. At this, you know, this is a movie podcast. Correct. So if there's a funny movie playing in the background. Seems appropriate. Just, yeah. It's a it's a acceptable thing. Yeah. Speaking of acceptable things, and maybe more so, I don't know your thoughts on this, but let's talk about this beer. Also, I just noticed that mine looks way more cloudy than yours. Yes. I think it's I really got, got the, the butt tail end. end. Before we do that. Yep. Cheers, oh, cheers to safe travels. And Indeed. I know it's going to be a couple weeks before we get to do this again. Yeah, so. I'll keep you updated on stuff. To you and your travels. Thanks, man. Uh, in case you're wondering what we're toasting with, we are drinking a beer called Sofa King Hoppy. It Three words a- there, guys. Yep. Three words. It is a West Coast IPA from... Barely. Local Craft Beer. That can't be the name. Is that the name of the brewery? Mm-hmm. How have we not looked at this yet? Is that right? Yeah. That's what I saw online, and I thought maybe it was like a... All right, well... Oh, it says don't pour the sediment out. Perfect. On the side of the bottle. And that's what I poured directly <laughs> right into, into my glass. glass. Okay. Well, yeah. So this beer, uh, yeah, it is from Local Craft Beer. Where? LCB. What? Local Craft Beer. In huh? to, to This is a really small label. Tapaki? Tihe Choppy. Tihe Choppy. Tihe Choppy. I don't. What is this place? Tihe Choppy. Is this even real? It's in. I can't tell if it's a California or Colorado. I think Look it's, at that. I think it's California. It's so t- it's so tiny. Yeah, I can't read that. Yeah, no. I'm only reading it online. So fucking hoppy. So fucking hoppy. It's really good. It. Yeah, it's California. Okay, it's like you said, it's barely uh, a West yeah, Coast. Yeah, it's style. not a West Coast. This is like, well, yours looks more West Coasty than mine because I have all of the sediment at the bottom. Like that's, I got a lot at the bottom. My bad. What do you think of this beer? It's really good. It is good. I'm actually, I got, I hated it when I started to realize I didn't know where they were from. Mm. I don't know why. That doesn't make sense. Well, we didn't even know what brewery it was. Right. To be fair. That's a, that's a dumb name for a brewery. Local craft brewer. Well, well, it's not a brewery name. That's just like a thing. That's just a thing that you make. Yeah. That's you cool. Can't. You named your, your brewery what you make. Yeah. That's like if Sierra Nevada just called themselves pale ale brewing. Yeah. Or like if I called myself songs. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> What's your band name? Songs. songs. I, I am I am called the band. I am Limerick. Called a singer. Yeah. My but name is Singer. Name aside, this is pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. Poor marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that their brewery logo is so secondary on their label, I kind of have a problem with, too. Like, I, yeah. Like, it was hard to find what brewery this was on their own damn bottle. It is kind of hard. That kind of bothers me. So if you're listening at... Oh, God. What is this place called? Local craft beer. Local craft beer. If you're listening at local craft beer, your marketing department needs to step their game up. Also, please tell us what the name of your town is because I don't understand. Tepeka Paka? No, no, it's T E H A C H A P I. Tehachapi. Tehachapi. Oh, that sounds right. Tehachapi. Let's say that. Um, here's what I didn't know this is an 11% beer. Okay. That's hot. That's getting really distracting. Yeah, it is, huh? Super loud. Yeah. Uh, I think it was just the scene, maybe. Maybe. I think we have to deal with it. Mm. And uh, when we take our first break, we'll go see what's up. Okay. But 11%, man. I wouldn't have guessed that. I wouldn't have either. I would have said maybe eight or nine. Eight. Eight. I was feeling eight. Like nine at the most. Yeah. The fact that it's 11 uh, is shocking to me. Yeah. Um, But it's good. I do like it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting caught up on the name, but I actually like this beer a lot. Yeah, it's definitely... Um, loosely West Coast. It's very juicy. 
Very, mm-hmm. very, very juicy. Very good, though. Uh, you get a lot of bitterness on the finish, a lot of uh, hot presence, which is nice, which is kind of my main problem with a lot of the New England style that just tastes like orange juice. I just really like that. You I know, mean, I had, uh, what did I have the other day? I mean, I like orange juice, but yeah. also like beer. Well, that's true. I had the, uh, oh, the Fall River, um, the new pale. Oh, uh, shoot. Th- uh, Think Tank Think or tank. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which was really great, but yeah, not not bitter or any of that, but quite enjoyable. Do you want to jump to give this a rating already, or do you want to wait on it? Uh, no, yeah, we can rate this. Uh, it's it's really good. It's well balanced. Uh, I like the bitterness level in relation to the, the the floral characteristics of the hops. Let's say our number is on three. <sighs> okay. One, two, three. Six point eight. Okay, that's pretty close. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, I like that game. Yeah, it was good. Six point eight for you, seven for me. Yeah. Um, it's just not interesting enough for me to even want to go into the decimals. It's like a seven. I'm just like yeah, right. I don't know. It's six, tasty. Six point eight just. It stuck out to me. I wonder if it would be a lot better really cold. Yeah. Do you think? His beer got a little too warm. It got a little warm. It's not warm, but it's not really cold. It's not. It's pretty warm, dude. I mean, like as beer drinking goes, For like an IPA? But it's not like warm like our coffee got. Like I would drink a stout like this temperature, but an IPA is... Yeah, you're right. It's unsatisfactory. Um, We're going to start a GoFundMe for Max's fridge. Yeah, I guess we need a new one. It's just never cold enough. It's really not. Have you messed with the the temperature? No. Oh, well, maybe that's I, a good place I think to it's see. on like the coldest. Is it? I can double check. Yeah, I don't know what it would need. Maybe a refrigerant. Do fridges use that? Did I already ask that on the show once? It feels familiar. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but I think that's how refrigeration works. Like right. even like plug-in refrigerators. Yeah, like they must they, have something. You would think. Yeah. I don't know a lot. It's, I know very little. It's fine. I'm pretty sure that refrigerators require refrigerant. Yeah, and that I seems right. I cannot believe I got all those words out properly. Mm-hmm. It was good. Refrigerant. Uh, so once again, real quick, this is Sofa... King Hoppy. Yes. By local craft beer, which is a brewery in Tehachami. Tehachami. There's so much wrong with this brewery. I can't figure out. Their name's confusing. The name of their brewery is confusing. It's hard to pronounce. (laughs) Tehachapi. This brewery is just... If if it is Tehachapi, that's not as bad. This brewery is really just making me mad at this point. The beer is delicious, but the brewery is... Really, really, it's very. I'm upset right now. I'm upset. <laughs> oh, we didn't say this too. This beer was brewed uh, or bottled on September 12th. Okay, uh, which is oh so close, almost exactly a month ago. And that's completely in the realm of acceptability totally. for an IPA. Well, that's it feels like good. Yeah, ideal. Feels fresh to me. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at this beer at all. Uh, I they could definitely use a marketing department. Yes, um, change the logo. Also, I really don't like the name of this brewery. No, it just. I, I I can't think of any other beers that I've had by them. Can you? No. I don't think I've ever heard of this. Uh, and if they, someone handed me a beer and said, this is local craft beer. I'd be like, perfect. Which one? Yeah. Like, yeah. that's cool. There's a million breweries everywhere. Which one made it? No. Local craft beer made it. Right. But local craft beer is a genre of beer that's near me. How did it make one beer? Mm-hmm. So confused. Yeah. Just bad move. Good beer. Bad Good beer. Bad marketing. I'd drink it again. Yeah, me too. Let's move on, shall we? Let's talk. What, I, let's I, talk what we're talking about. I have very mixed emotions about this beer right now. Yeah, I've never been. No, so you don't. Angry. You have mixed emotions about. No, you don't. You have very set emotions. You have feel one way about the beer and one way about the brewery. Exactly. So I guess mixed overall. I'm polarized. This beer polarized me. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. All right, moving on. Let's get into the movie Blade Runner. So twenty forty nine. Oh my god! I can't wait to talk about it. Yes, starring Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with him. No, let's you know. Let's go through the stars. Why not? Ryan do, Gosling. Do you? This is where you get to pretend to be a radio show guy. You're right. Make and I, I. Okay. Clear your throat. <clears throat> Make it count. 
This is your last one for a couple of weeks. Oh, that's true, huh? You better do it right. Okay. Then I'm going to... Okay. This is Blade Runner. The sequel to the original... Blade Runner 2049 is the sequel to the original Blade Runner. Ridley Scott's 82 film uh, starring Harrison Ford as well. He reprises his role as Rick Deckert, a character who used to hunt characters called replicants. And they were artificial intelligence bots that were engineered by the Tyrell Corporation and to be used as slave labor in an off-world colony. Except sometimes uh, they would rebel. They're very strong. They're strong and intelligent and they were, they were banned on Earth because there were these violent outbreaks. So I guess I'm giving history on the first one, which I think is important to this. It's kind one. of a setup. And uh, Blade Runners are the people that would quote unquote retire them essentially kill them. Yeah, it's a but, robot, so it's right. not technically alive. That's why they kind of call it something else. Right. Um, so this movie, Blade Runner 2049, picks up 30 years after the original. And all we know is that we have this Ryan Gosling character who goes by K, and he is a Blade Runner. And he is a newer model uh, with a an endless lifespan. That's the thing about the originals. The original replicants had a four-year lifespan. It was sort of a, a safety switch, an off switch, like an emergency, like just in case. Mm-hmm. New models don't have that. Okay. Anyways, the new film is directed by Denny Villeneuve, who you will know from Arrival. Mm. He also did Sicario, I believe. Okay. Uh, so Terrible movie, Arrival. Oh, okay. I don't want to go there with you right now. Terrible movie. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, directed by uh, Denny Villeneuve uh, and Ridley, or it was written, excuse me, and directed by uh, Denny Villeneuve and uh, Ridley Scott was the original, is what I meant to say. Okay. Okay. I don't know why I'm stumbling over this so much. Because you know there's pressure. Maybe. It's your last one for a couple of weeks. So who was in this sucker? Right. So a cast of Ryan Gosling, Dave Bautista, who was, um, what's his name from Guardians of the Galaxy? Big muscle guy? Yeah. Uh, can't think of his name. He was the big muscle guy. Big muscle guy. Everybody knows. What, what was his name? I will keep reading these. You guys want to figure it out? It's Groot. He's not Groot. Yeah. I was like, I'm is it Groot? Groot? Uh, Robin Wright is in this. Anna de Armas plays Joy, Ryan Gosling's uh, home digital wife gal. Um, which I think I really enjoyed that aspect of the film too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed Robin Wright's character because mm-hmm. I love seeing Robin Wright in anything. Yeah, she's so awesome. She is, if you don't know Robin Wright, of Princess Bride for fame. Mm-hmm. She was the princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently she was... Princess uh, Buttercup. Princess Buttercup. Most recently she had a um, fairly significant role in Wonder Woman. Yep, she was She was the, um, the commander. Amazon. Yeah, the commander of the Amazon army. Um, Jared Leto has a role in this film too. Which surprised me, at least a little bit. Um, it's fair to say, because this is in the trailers, Harrison Ford reprises his role. I think I said that earlier. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't feel like too much of a spoiler. Drax the Destroyer. Drax, thank you, from Guardians of the Galaxy. That's Drax the, the Destroyer. Um, <laughs> and Mackenzie Davis is also important in this, and she's been in a few things uh, that we'll probably go over later. But let me read you the IMDb storyline here. Uh, a lot of it's what we've already covered, but nonetheless. 30 years after the events of the first film, a new Blade Runner, LAPD Officer K unearths a long-buried secret that has the potential to plunge what's left of society into chaos. Kay's discovery leads him on a quest to find Rick Deckard. It's right there. A former LAPD Blade Runner who has been missing for 30 years. It's missing some things that I would call key to the plot, but that's okay. Um, it is rated R. There's a lot of the uh, like amped-up violence that there was in the 80s, but the special effects are a lot better now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I liked about this is it stays true to the original feel yeah. of the first one, which uh, I rewatched before I went. I told you this. Okay. I rewatched it. I like had to, the credits rolled and I was like, all right, into the car to see the new one. Mm-hmm. 
also just shy of three hours. So another, it's a long movie. It is. But one of my favorite things about this movie was it never really felt long. No. And I, I actually was kind of hoping for more by the end of it. I was, I was ready to strap in. I know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Towards the end, I was like, wait, I want more. Yeah. That's 144 it? minutes. Okay. 164 minutes. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. So thoughts. I, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think, I think so often sequels can be, um, they can fall. Okay. Especially like a sci-fi sequel can, can rely on the backbone of the original and just expand in a bad way, expand on what the original set up without really going anywhere. And what I liked about this one is that um, it did build off the universe of the original. Like Blade Runner is famous for having such an involved world. Like it feels so believable. Um, and this one does, but it doesn't feel like it's just piggybacking. Like there's new elements and there's 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 stakes in this movie. And I really enjoyed it. Okay. I think Ryan Gosling was the perfect casting for this. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here too. I guess this is a minor spoiler, but it happens in the first five minutes. So not really. Yeah. Um, so we do find out that Ryan Gosling is a replicant. Okay. Yeah. Um, did I say that in the beginning? I don't know. I don't know. But he doesn't have a lifespan either. Um, so I think he's great casting for that. Like if you've seen other Ryan Gosling films, like like some of his more art housey films, like Drive. Um, so good. So good. And he's got this very like mechanical ability to him. Mechanical and smoldery. Mm, that too, know, yeah. Very simmery. Yeah, but he's, he seems like he could be a machine. I would, I could see that. Like he's got just enough human emotion, but also restrained enough to, especially in this performance, restrained enough to make me think that he is not yeah. human. You're like, okay, I could see it. Um, I also really liked Harrison Ford's performance in this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not in the entire film, but I, when he is, like one of my main issues with the original film, which I'm sure we'll get into more uh, later on in the show, but is that Harrison Ford wasn't the most believable to me. He was still fairly new at acting at that point too, um, but he seemed pretty goofy. Hmm. Um, and it didn't feel like it was too serious. It's interesting because the original was post Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. But to be fair, like um, Han Solo was not a very serious character. No, he was just the best character in movie history. Okay. That seems crazy. He's so good. He's very good. But yeah, he's not, it, his his roles in Star Wars weren't, weren't he fit into a certain uh, f- uh, framework in, in the films where he was, a lot of it was comic relief and some of it was action star, but not very much was like really serious acting. I don't want to say serious acting. That feels um, that feels not rude. But well, there was really no depth of character. The, like Han Solo is kind of a shallow character. I mean, he's kind he, of he has, he's like the cocky. He's the rogue like, bad boy. Yeah, and I think a lot of that played off into his acting in Blade Runner, the original. Um, and some of the concepts in the first one were pretty heavy, mm. and I just didn't feel great about it. But in this one, I really feel like he stepped up and really kind of fell into his role, or okay. at least what his role would be thirty years after the original film. All right. So I, I liked it for those reasons. So overall, what, liked it? You loved it. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was great. Cool. What about you? So I have a lot of thoughts on this movie, um, and I'm going to preface them all by saying I've never seen the original. Interesting. Which is going to be a huge shock to most people in the okay. world. Okay. No, that's great. I'm, I'm happy about this. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going into this movie completely blank slate. Um, I consciously avoided all trailers and all plot synopsises. Do you know anything about the original aside from what I just told you? Not much. Not much. Not much at all. Not like, no, I purposely wanted to go into this movie with like a super clean slate. Um, so my thoughts on the movie overall, uh, are positive. I really, really liked the movie. 
the um, the thing that really stood out to me the most throughout this movie is the atmosphere that's created. It's so good. The the raw, visceral grittiness uh, of the whole world is just so apparent um, and filmed so beautifully that it really just it draws you in. You are immediately like, I believe that this world is real. Like it's got me. Like I I'm buying everything I'm seeing. It's not contrived it's not fake you know it felt very real and very raw and i really enjoyed the whole atmosphere and the way that the film was shot Mm -hmm. beautiful film to look at like dear god um and one of the my favorite things uh, about the movie was uh god i totally just lost my train of thought sorry there was a few things that i really liked um the the size of the movie Mm -hmm. that was was here's what i was gonna ask you too did you see it in the xd theater no i did specifically because i heard on a recommendation to do it and i think it was great yeah i might go back and rewatch it also we've seen so many movies in the past year and very few in that theater Mm -hmm. and going into that theater with those seats so nice and like i caught sounds that i'd never heard like it's way it's It's, such it's it's such a theater it's so good yeah movie pass doesn't cover the xd though right so yeah uh but anyways yeah, the one of the first scenes uh, after Ryan Reynolds is on a little farm. Have, Gosling. Uh, Gosling. Sorry, yeah, yeah. That's happened Whatever. before. Special Agent K. Yeah. Special K. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's him like driving his Hoover car or whatever into this greater L.A. city. Mm-hmm. And it's the first wide shot you see. Mm. And you just get like a scale of the movie and the scale of the city. And I love big, wide shots like that that just give you this really great contrast yeah. of size. And there was even sorry to cut you off, if I may. There was one before that when he's going to find um, where, he, where he, in the synopsis says that he digs up something. He's going to that area, and there's, it looks like a bunch of solar panels, mm-hmm. right? And it spreads oh, out to like yeah. California in uh, twenty forty nine, and just like the I love yeah when they put shots into the scope of the world and the yeah. perspective you get. It's crazy. I really liked that. And they did that a bunch throughout mm-hmm. the movie just to give you a grasp of like the size and mm-hmm. the gravity of like how big certain things were. And it was just shot in a very intelligent way that conveyed the whole feel of the movie really fluidly. Like it was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, the things that stood out to me also, I mean, the writing was amazing. The fluidity of the plot, it never felt slow. A three-hour movie mm-hmm. has to really flow well and be written concisely uh, in order to keep people stimulated in this day and age. So the fact that I never looked at my watch and was wondering how much was left because it had been two and a half hours, you mm-hmm. know, there was always things that kept the plot rolling. Yeah. Um, and there were great performances. So, I mean, overall, the way the movie looked, the acting, the writing, mm-hmm. uh, the feel of the universe, it was just uh, inviting. It really pulled me in and I loved it. Yeah, this is one of the first movies I remember seeing in a long time that I looked down at my watch hoping there was still more time left. Yeah. I, that's, like, oh. I looked down like a half hour and I was like, okay, great, there's still two hours. I think that's like one of the biggest compliments you could give to yeah, a movie. Yeah, I can't think of the last time that's happened. Seriously. That's, but it was, I loved every minute of this new movie. That's fantastic. Um, it's It's been out, at the time of this recording, it's been out for uh, three days. Yeah, and it had kind of a, a rough opening. Yeah, we'll go over some some uh, some facts when we get back from our break. We're going to open up a brand new beer. Um, but again, this has been the Sofa King Hoppy. <laughs> I'm just going to really make that a clear distinction yeah. for now. This isn't the danger zone. No, and I'm going to finish up my beer. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about Blade Runner 2049, so please stick around. This episode is brought to you in part by The Handlebar, a craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, California. Johnny, what can you tell me about them? So they're an amazing little spot. Amazing. They've got a bunch of ha- tap handles. 
tap handles and happy hours and happy hours they've seven got, days a week. Well, they've got one happy hour. That's true, but it's it's comprised of multiple hours of happiness and multiple days and all multiple the, days, all of the days, like all seven. Yeah, every single day. What time is that from? Till? Two p.m. to six p.m. You get a dollar off any draft beer. That is a delicious offering, and they're always changing the lineup. Go and check them out. Any day of the week, two to six, get a dollar off that draft beer and grab some food while you're at it. They're a great local business and they support our podcast. Support local businesses that support me. I'm going there now. Let's go. So despite what we thought of this movie, apparently its opening weekend is not even close to what people were hoping it to be, which is not great. Yeah, apparently it's 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 didn't have a very impressive opening weekend domestically. Yeah, so like we said, it's been out for three days at the time of our recording, and we should say that their production budget was estimated at $150 million, which is a lot. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, you're not going to need to recoup your whole production budget the first weekend. Correct. If you want to. I mean, I mean, ideally, you want to, but it doesn't always happen. Right, so what they've done so far is they've made a Almost eighty-two million dollars worldwide, which is which is good. Yeah, that's um, stellar for a first weekend. It's, it's, I mean, not yeah. stellar, but it's more than half of, of their budget, and I'm, I'm sure it'll make make the money up. But uh, they were expecting to make a lot more. Yeah, especially because the weekend that it came out, there really was not much else happening. Correct. Yeah, I mean, there was nothing. There was this was the biggest release of this weekend for sure. Um, and I don't know. There's like this is a huge cult classic sci-fi film. You'd expect that the people who were religiously following the first one would be stoked to get, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's the only people it appealed to, and that's the that's the demographic that saw it. I'm not sure what happened, but that's you know, you get all the right pieces. You have a star cast. You have a great director who's gotten a lot of awards for other movies. And I think the most surprising statistic in this is uh, is the domestic total. That's really the one that stands out to just like yeah, you know, thirty two million in the first weekend. Yeah, it's not great, man. I don't know. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll see how this pans out over the next couple of weeks. I'm sure it'll, like I said, make it up. But yeah, and it's it's a bummer because those numbers uh, monetarily do not reflect the quality of the movie at all. Like I it, agree. Like this movie's phenomenal. That said, the original Blade Runner was also not appreciated in its time. Is it more? Would you call it a cult classic? That one, yes. Okay, definitely. So so, um, are you okay with some spoilers for the first Blade Runner? Yeah, I don't mind. All right, so spoiler alert for the original Blade Runner this right isn't now. The, the Danger Zone, though. No, but it's also not the movie we're covering. I know. So the original one is very much not a straightforward like action film. Yeah, um, much like this one. Yeah, but the first one even more so. Um, it's very existential. Like there's this question that keeps coming up about um, what what it means to be human essentially. Mm. And Rutger Hauer stars as the main replicant. He's like the leader of the group of rebelled replicants. Love Rutger Hauer. It's great. And there's this final scene with him that's, that's quoted and is extremely iconic. And apparently Rutger Hauer wrote most of his dialogue for it, which mm. is strange. Um, but he's been chasing Deckard. Uh, he's kind of turned the tables on him. Deckard was hunting them down. And he's the last one left. And, uh, Deckard's about to slip off of a building. It's raining out. It's raining, obviously. It's mm-hmm. always raining here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Rucker Howard's character catches him. Roy Batty is his name. Catches him, brings him back up, and gives him this monologue about um, the things that he's seen in his four-year lifetime. He's coming to the end of his life. He knows that. He's, he's dying. Okay. And he talks about all these, like, the um, attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion, like, all these things. And it's, uh, it's this really touching moment because he talks about how all those memories are going to be lost to time. Uh, like tears mm-hmm. in rain. Um, and then he eventually dies. And then Deckard realizes like these just want what we want. They're basically humans. 
Not till later do we get suggested that maybe Deckard himself uh, is a replicant. That's that's dropped in. It's like maybe. Um, there's a scene in the first movie where Deckard has this daydream, um, or a dream. I can't I can't remember if he's actually asleep. But he there's there's these new models of replicants that to make them more realistic and make them more compatible with humans, we plant memories in them. Mm-hmm. It's other people's memories, which comes up in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one dream that he has about a unicorn. And I think we should say again, there's like seven or eight versions of the original Blade Runner. Yeah. So the one that I'm referencing and probably others is the final cut, the director final cut. Um, Ridley Scott has said, he's the director of the first one, that this is the most complete, most accurate version that he stands by. And in this version, Deckard has a dream about a unicorn running through a forest. Okay. And uh, at the end of the film, one of the final scenes is him and this girl, Rachel, leaving his apartment, and he she trips on a on an origami unicorn. There's a character in the movie that folds origami. Mm-hmm. He, I think he comes up in this new film, uh, much older. And it stands to reason that Deckard would not talk about his unicorn dreams to anybody, especially this guy that he's been working with that does the origami. So the fact that there is an origami unicorn there means that that guy was there. And that guy was a police officer also supposed to be taking out replicants. Mm. Rachel was there. He didn't take her out. Okay. That's something. Also the fact that he might know about this unicorn dream suggests that maybe he has access to Deckard's files. And if Deckard has a file on this type of thing, he might be a replicant. Hmm. Interesting. So that's the premise that's set. So it's all about like, what does it mean to be human in the okay. first movie? So the first one's a lot more existential. Extremely so. And that's why like, it's not a mainstream film. I wouldn't say it's gotten this following that it has over the past, however many years, uh, 30 years. Um, so I thought it was interesting how they played off of that idea. And, and the fact that they give away in the first five minutes of the film that Ryan Gosling is a replicant. Yeah. Um, whereas like one of the central questions to the first film is, is he a replicant or not? Like, whoa, crazy. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they just come out and be like, yep, he is. And you're still empathetic towards him emotionally is very, very cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's part of what I was saying, like, um, not just piggybacking off. Like they still did everything they had in the first one. Like the LA city street is like, there's just steam everywhere and everything's neon and Asians have every market everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it integrated well. Okay. And they kept true to that while expanding in a believable way. Nice. How did I get on that tangent? I don't know. I, I don't just know let you either. go though. I just let yeah. you go. You know what else I like that is also machines? This beer? This beer. I like it. I like yeah. that transition. Because that's the reason we picked it. So feel free to tell me about this. Uh, yeah, this was... I'm stoked that you bought this beer because I actually really like it. Okay, this good, because this was another one suggested by Nate. Yeah. Tipton. Shout out to Nate Tipton hey, Nate, for thanks. basically organizing our show this week. Although screw you for the beer next week that we just drank. Yeah, I'm from the future. Yeah, Nate, if you, you... Actually, I don't think he's had it, but well, no. it was just purely thematic for our Godfather episode next it week. it worked, but... It worked thematically. It was not a good beer. No, this beer is killer. I cool. absolutely adored this beer before, uh, and it's still really good well, now. Well, what is it? What is it? It is uh, Beechwood Brewing's Mocha Machine. It's an Imperial Coffee chocolate porter. It's a porter with coffee and cacao nibs added. Cacao! Is cacao! It, is it cacao or it, not cocoa? It's cacao. Cool. I really love cacao. This beer has won that smells so good. two GABF medals. I used to know what that means, too. Great American Brewing Beer Fest. Beer Fest, yeah. Just happened in Denver this last weekend. Right. Yeah. It won the 2014 gold medal and the 2015 silver medal. Since then, it's won nothing. 
It's not a great track record. Like <laughs> we got gold, then we got silver. Let's go for bronze. We got nothing. Okay, and then let's keep it's making it. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Anyways, this beer is fantastic. The coffee comes out so beautifully. I will read you a description. Uh, Mocha Machine is a well-engineered endeavor in massive aromatics and rich flavors. Brewed with an array of British and German malts, this burly brew is infused with masterfully roasted coffee from Portola Coffee Labs in Costa Mesa, California. It is then aged on cacao nibs from Ecuador, adding an awesomely deep dimension of fudge. Enjoy on tap in our restaurant in Seal Beach and Long Beach. Okay. And uh, Beachwood Brewing is out of Huntington Beach, California. Gotcha. This is good. And this was bottled uh, February 15th of this year. Okay. That's a good amount of age. We had six months on it. Yeah. A little fine. bit more than it's, that. It's a porter, so it, mm-hmm. it can keep. It can that said, it's a strong fresh. porter now. Uh, I want to say nine and a half percent. I've been doing all the reading and I want to yeah. drink some. No, I'm going to say it's nine and a half. It's 9.2%. Sorry. 9.2. That's a strong porter. That is. Also, can we say how cool the label is? Like it's flat on the bottom here, but then it's angled up toward the top. That's kind of neat. It's kind of neat. It also looks like they kind of messed up. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, I'm not sure if it's actually. No, it's supposed to. Like, look, that, like the writing's super high over here, and then it comes down. Okay. So I've never seen that before. It was intentional. Yeah, but it is, it is a cool label. And we picked Mocha Machine. Nate helped us pick it, like we said, because this is futuristic and machines and replicants and stuff. Yeah, Mocha Machine. It works. Yeah, I'm going to keep sipping it before I make up my mind, yeah, but I like it a lot. Tons of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously... Uh, porter is always going to be on the thinner side mm-hmm. than like a stout, so you're you're going to get a nice thin, drinkable beer. Oh, it's cacao from Ecuador. Yeah, that's what okay. I said. It's Ecuadorian cacao. Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, very good though. Uh, I'm going right to come back to it. It's right before I said budge. But oh, I heard the fudge. I remember that specifically. Yeah, it stood out. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to do you want to rate it now, or do you uh, want to wait too? Yeah, I'm fine with rating it now. Hit me. Uh, it's really good. There is definite a huge, definitely a huge chocolate presence mm-hmm. uh, i feel that it really earned its name the, the mocha machine yeah being just no, chocolatey agree. coffee it really hits that on the mark dead on this beer is really really coffee forward with like a ton of dark fudge chocolatey notes mm-hmm. i mean with every porter i've ever had i wish they were stouts i mean there's no way around that yeah i just want this beer to be thicker and then aged in bourbon that would make me really happy but um that is very you know, genre specific, mm-hmm. but as far as porters go, this one is phenomenal. It yeah. is an outstanding representation of a coffee porter. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.6. Okay. It's cool. phenomenal. Yeah. I'm going to come back around to it because I think I have some thoughts, but I want to make sure those are the thoughts I mean to be thinking. Vacuum? No vacuum this time. I reserve my vacuum for, uh, for juicier beers. That's fair. I think. That's fair. You That's did, a callback. Yeah. You did get a new vacuum though. So. I love that. How We've talked that, about that before. I how think. does that thing smell though? Not like a vacuum. It doesn't have a bag. I think a vacuum bag is what I was going. This is a callback to our first episode, by the way, everybody. Nobody, very few of you know what this is. But That's fine. Yeah, this we is know. over a year ago is what we're quoting, so forget <laughs> it. Um, I'm going to jump back to Blade Runner. Yeah, let's get into the plot of this movie a little bit. Yeah, so without spoiling too much again, um, we do find out that Ryan Gosling is a replicant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a big reveal. He knows he's no. a replicant. Yes, which is know. the other thing. Like the, the thing in the first movie is that Replicants didn't necessarily know that they were replicants. Mm. In, that, in fact, most most um, artificial intelligence style movies or shows, take Westworld even, mm-hmm. the whole crux of the plot is contingent upon whether or not the artificial intelligence realizes it's artificial. Exactly. And the fact that they take that out of the equation here, mm-hmm. that these are artificial pe- people mm-hmm. that know that they are not human. Mm-hmm. 
that's crazy. Yeah. And they're programmed, not programmed. They are conditioned maybe is better to, to know that. And that's how they operate. They know that they are somewhat inferior. I think that would be programming, you know, because, I, but I don't know if they're programmed or they're, well, yeah, they're, I guess they're not born. Are they? They're, yeah. they're, uh, they're, they, they would have to be created. Made. Correct. And I, yeah. And he makes a point at Ryan Gosling says like, I was never a child. So this is what I know. You're right. Yeah. They're programmed. Um, so he, there's this first scene where he's hunting down an old replicant. He's an old model, uh, played by Dave Batista or Drax and the destroyer. Drax is a farmer. He farms things in this weird solar panel-y farming place. What does he farm? I can't. Protein. Grubs. Protein. Yeah, the little worms. It's a protein farm. Yeah. So he makes these little super worms that are edible. Like, mm-hmm. They look like giant maggots. Yes. And they're full of protein. Yeah. And they reference a thing called the blackout. That's something that happened. And I guess it was about 30 years ago, right after the events of the first film. And he's been on the run from the law, Dave Bautista's character. And now Ryan Gosling found him. He's like, all right, don't fight. I'm just going to take you in. They fight. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Ryan Gosling has this, I'm just call him Kay. Kay has this drone that comes out of his car that kind of surveys the area. It's one of his cop tools and it scans the underground and it finds this crate and inside the crate are bones mm-hmm. and the bones lead him on the rest of his mission for the rest of this movie. That's, basically. Oh, that's a really good way to, yeah, to phrase we'll, that. We'll kill it there. I think, um, I want to talk specifically about some of the other characters in this movie. I really liked his, uh, his girlfriend. Yeah. For a couple reasons. Yeah. I think we should touch on that and then probably just a couple more general plot points without yeah, giving away too much yep. that kind of just keep it rolling. Uh, but no, the the robot like r- girlfriend was pretty cool. Yeah. So she's played by Anna de Armas and she's a Cuban actress. She's been in a few things. But what I loved about this, even conceptually, is that it's this, it's this personal... You remember the movie Her with yeah. Joaquin Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Had a similar vibe to that. She's artificial as well, but she's holographic. Mm. And there's this arm that is attached to the ceiling of his apartment, and she is displayed through that. Mm-hmm. So he walks into his house for the first time, and he's having this conversation with somebody off screen, and you assume it's another person. Yeah. Um, and it turns out it's not. It's this this holographic woman. And the special effects, like the, the concept of this was so cool to me. And they did it so well. Yeah, it yeah. was really believable. And, and between their chemistry and the way that the character was written – you start to feel things for this clearly not human thing. Yeah, because he does. Yes. You know, I mean, given he's not a human either. So I feel like that helps their relationship be mm-hmm. more believable that like they actually give a shit about each other. Yeah. Um, in their own little universe. And it was really neat. I like the way they wrote that. Well, yeah. What's interesting to me, and I think a concept in this movie is that humans, um, well, so replicants are being designed more and more human-like. And for us as viewers, it's very easy to see Ryan Gosling as human. He looks exactly like the humans, so we don't know. Yeah. So when he gets his ass kicked, we're like, ooh, like we cringe. Mm-hmm. But the inclination would be for this holographic person, like I shouldn't care about her. I know she's not real. It's very clear she's a program. But what I loved about this is that you do start to care for her throughout the film. Yeah, um, There's a device that Ryan Gosling gets her for their quote-unquote anniversary and it allows her to basically come with him, like a projection device, so she doesn't need to rely on the arm. Yeah, she's mobile. Which is like a step towards her fulfillment as a human, as a, as a full-on uh, sentient being. being. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought that was really nice, and I like the concept of... There's a scene, without giving too much away again, where she's able to um, attach her conscience, essentially, to another human. Yeah, like... It her, reminded me of Ghost, Yeah, that one scene with Whoopi Goldberg. 
Yeah, her holographic projection was kind of taken on by another person. It was really interesting. I've never seen that before. I hadn't either. That really, that made me really happy. I, I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah. How, I mean, it's not very often you see something in a movie that's like completely, completely new. Unique. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. It was really cool. Another thing that I really enjoyed about this was that something about, and I know you haven't seen the first one, but in the first one, it is the future, but it's definitely like a... um steampunk not the correct word but what i'm trying to say is like stylized it's very stylized and it's futuristic yet the the technology of the future seems to be very uh it starts with a what's the word i'm looking for um damn it not antique but very like very rustic very not developed okay antiquated antiquated thank you Mm -hmm. it's very it's basically antique yeah (laughs) um unrefined essentially so there's like in the first one there's like this scope this rotoscope that Deckard uses to zoom in on a picture which is crazy he gets like the craziest amount of magnification but it's super like like crazy old sounds Mm -hmm. and it kind of like star wars kind of like star wars okay yeah and what's cool is that in the 80s that was probably their vision of the future because that would have been crazy technology now, if we envisioned a technology that you zoomed in on a photograph a million times, it wouldn't be so clunky. But in this film, they stuck with it. Their technology advanced, but it advanced in, in the same way that it would have. It was like the same technology, but But, but further, yeah. But, but it better. was still like, oh, that looks kind of clunky. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. Yeah, it, it definitely kind of kept like... It was like a B-movie technology mm-hmm. level with great graphics. Yeah, I mean, and that's that stays true. The other thing I want to talk about is the color palette in this film. Yeah. Same with the first one. Everything on the streets is like a blue, gray, like rainy, dismal thing. And everything above in the in the upper you could make a class class level thing here where like the bottom feeders are down in the dumps and it's mm-hmm. rainy and dirty. And up above everything is golden yellow light and it's pure and whatever. And they stick to that in this movie. And I think a lot of the scenes are very monochromatic. Yeah. Um, where they're like, here's a screenshot of something. That's crazy. Yeah. Right? There's like this very distinct green, red, blue, more blue over here. Mm-hmm. It's just really well colored. It I was, think that it's such a good job. It was such a beautiful movie to look at. Speaking of this scene, uh, right after Ryan Gosling gives his girlfriend this device, she's able to go outside for the first time in her existence. Mm-hmm. And it's still raining, and there's this moment where she she's able to feel the rain. Even though it's synthetic, you can tell like the raindrops hit, and then the computer's like, it should feel rain. And then it's like, this is rain. Yeah, all of a sudden, you see the drops start actually hitting her hand instead of going right yeah. through it. It was crazy and he's watching her experience this and there's this really really loving moment and they're coming together and, and this is the first time they've been able to interact in the world essentially yeah outside of his apartment and they're about to you know they're, it's like very romantic the music is playing and, and then she freezes mm-hmm. and he gets a call from his boss yeah and you realize nope she's still not human this yep. is still a product that he's been given as a robotic or artificial intelligence police officer or he bought it i think he bought he it. might have bought it yeah other people have this, by the way. Like, you can buy this girl. You can buy her. And this stop. Yeah. Uh, so really interesting concepts. I really enjoyed that. God, I would... That that screenshot right there would, like... You could have that at the back as the background of your computer. Mm-hmm. And it would just be so visually stimulating to look at every single day. Yeah, it's got... If you haven't seen any of these movies, the original or the remake, it's very, um, very sci-fi kind of noir. Noir and almost a graphic novel feeling. Sure, and yeah. even just on the screen, like just the contrast and the colors. I also really love that they stayed true to kind of the soundtracky vibe, the score vibes they had in the original, like very very 80s synthy. Mm-hmm. Um, like the big like, and even like you feel like it's a saxophone, but it's actually a weird lead sound. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really, really good. I I bought every aspect of this movie. Me too. I really did. Like 
this might be one of my favorite movies that we've ever done on the show. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's really good. Yeah, I'm. I'm going over in my head right now. Well, I'll save it for the danger zone coming up, okay. what I didn't like. But overall, this was great. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think we're gonna go too much more into the story. Probably, there's a couple things I want to say. Yeah, that'll, that'll give something away. Okay, but before we go to our break, I do want to rate this beer. You said eight six. Yeah. I'm gonna take one more sip. The only thing that I think I dislike about this is a personal thing. It's just the bitter uh, chocolate, the dark chocolate taste mm-hmm. doesn't sit well with me. It's always too bitter, and I'm always like, if you're gonna pair it with a bitter coffee, give me a sweet chocolate. That's fair. Um, I'm gonna taste it one more time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this beer, but I can see what you're saying about it having a little bit. I mean, I personally like dark chocolate quite a bit, so it's I mean, hard. it settles really nicely. Yeah. It's just initially there's a really it's almost sour. Yeah. A sour bitterness. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna go seven on this one. Also. I like it about as much as I like the first one. Okay. In a different way. But it At does least. yeah, it doesn't leave me the most happy, unfortunately. Well, that's fair. And I can see that sourness. It does have a little bit of Right, a little bit. Well, it's like that drinking cold, like really strong black coffee. True. Just like that. Yeah, it's almost like a burnt taste. Yeah. Um, and that's I don't know. I'd be curious to try something that is, because uh, I feel like when people do. This reminds, sorry, go ahead. Could, uh, when people do coffee beers, it's always like the blackest, most intense coffee you can get. I'd love to try a beer with a mild, light coffee. Just a subtle coffee. Yeah, flavor. or like some of the Ethiopia stuff we were talking about next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We should, uh, there was a beer called the Mocha IPA from Stone. I've had the Mocha IPA. Did you like it? Because I, I loved it. I did like it. And it was it had, really weird. And it had that subtle coffee though. Mm-hmm. It was just like a splash of coffee. Dude, and I think it wasn't subtle. I think it, well, I think it tasted subtle, but I don't think it was subtle when they made it. I think it was fighting the hops. Gotcha. And it gave us like a, like the hops were so strong that it was like, there's a little, little, little coffee down there. I really like that beer. Though. Yeah. It was, it was one of the most unique beers I had at the time. I thought yeah. I think I tried it about a year and a half ago, I think but still though, like nobody does coffee IPAs. It's pretty weird. It's pretty wonky stuff. It's pretty ballsy, dude, to do that. Like most of your IPA drinkers are going to be like, I want something hoppy. And then most of your like stout or porters are like, this is weird. I don't yeah, want I don't hops. want an IPA. So yeah, yeah, props to Stone for doing that. That was cool. Yeah. You know what I was going to say is this beer reminds me of chewing on a chocolate covered espresso bean. Yep. With like mm-hmm. a dark chocolate espresso bean. Yeah. I'm just not a big fan of dark chocolate, I guess. And but, that yeah. raw coffee flavor. Yes. Because that really is, I mean, that's the closest thing I can come to describing mm-hmm. this beer. It's no, like, that's on point. Yeah. So... Eight, six from me, seven on seven the Seven for me. Once again, this is Beachwood Brewing's Mocha Machine. You can find it at least at Spike's Bottle Shop, if not elsewhere. So go check it out. I think we'd both recommend trying it. Uh, 9.2%. Yeah, it's at least going to be a good bang for your buck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on that note, we're going to go to a break, come back into the danger zone. Danger if you zone. haven't seen Blade Runner 20, 2049, go see it, then come back for segment three. And we will talk to you then. Wait, we should rate the movie before we... Wait, are we still Do you rating wanna, movies? I don't know. Do you want to? I we don't should. care. Sure, let's rate it. I don't care. It's it's like an well okay it's a nine two for me yeah it's like nine five okay so we'll come back in the danger zone and talk about why it's not tens for us yeah be right back Johnny I have bad news what is the bad news all of my podcasts are gone they're just gone from my phone I'm out of podcasts well you ate them what happened they're just gone I don't know man I need something else to listen to you have any ideas yeah you should for sure listen to a book. What do you mean? This like an audiobook? It's, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like reading, but you don't have to read. You can do stuff with your hands while you're doing it. Yeah, it's like getting read a story. Where can I get one of those? Um, you're going to want to go to Audible and check it out. I've heard of Audible. They have over 180,000 titles, don't they? That's correct. And it's available on any smartphone. 
And right now, for listeners of this podcast, we have a special promo with them. If you go to audibletrial.com slash FHC, you get a free 30-day trial and a risk-free download of any book you want. That's insane. Here's the thing, though. I, I'm sure I'll love it, but if I don't love it, can I keep my download? If you decide you don't want your Audible subscription, you can cancel anytime within 30 days and keep the free book. Well, that's crazy. I'm just going to go over to audibletrial.com slash FHC and get that download now. I highly recommend you do. Welcome to the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Where nothing about this movie, spoilers or otherwise, is safe. Nothing is safe. Neither is your butt. All dangerous here. It's all danger all the time. So let's get into 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 Blade Runner spoiler free. Yeah. Sorry. I guess I mean free spoiler. Like spoiler free. Yeah. Like no. like free to spoil things. We're we're just splooging spoilers. It's a weird phrase. Yeah. Spoiler free can mean no spoilers or all spoilers. No. Like spoilers are free to come out of our mouths. The freedom of the spoiler. Right. I don't know. It's weird. So there was a there's a part in this movie that's supposed to be a big reveal. So again, <laughs> go see this movie. We're gonna open it up real quick. We're gonna ruin it for you. The end where it's revealed who the child was. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should go chronologically. I don't care. We can save that for the end, I guess. Fuck it. Say it now. Okay. Well, it, it was supposed to be like a big reveal. Yeah. It did not. It was not a surprise to me. Not really. Um, it happened and you're like, I'm like, yeah, okay. Right. So there's the part you find out that what he, what he dug up in the very beginning were the bones of a mother who had had a baby. And it was actually Harrison Ford's. Right. So it was Rachel from, you find that out later, but- what was crazy is you, so all we know is that it was a woman who had a baby, but then, then Kay is like looking closer at the zooming thing and he's like, whoa, these bones have serial numbers. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, the, the commander lady, right? Yeah. Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Uh, goes, that's impossible because it's a replicant that got pregnant. Yeah. And they're not supposed to do that. Not, that's a robot. You we can't. should, we should touch on Jared Leto's character here. Cause this is kind let's, of huge. Let's touch on that. <laughs> um, I also really enjoyed Jared Leto's uh, role in this movie. Did you? I, I did too, actually. I liked that it didn't get overwritten or overacted. I agree. I'm always worried about Jared Leto for right? that reason. He gets so balls deep into his, his yeah, method acting. And especially after the after the Suicide Squad. I'm like, come, what are you, come on, man. Yeah. Back off. Um, anyways, so a little bit of history here. I like Suicide Squad. That movie sucked. So good. Do you think it was a good movie or did you just enjoy it? There's it was a, a terrible movie okay. that I enjoyed. I enjoyed it as well. I, I'd watch it one more time probably. I rewatched it like a couple weeks ago. I'm just so sick of movies that have like nine, 19 people in their A-team and you get like tiny little shitty backstories about one of them. It's like, all right, now you know that person. And like we're supposed to care. And like the CGI ending of that movie, like I am the queen risen from the dead. Watch these things swirling. I, whatever. I don't know. It was so tongue in cheek. It reminded it was, me yeah. of like Ghostbusters. Just like this is ridiculous. Yeah, I am really looking forward to... Um, Justice League, though, which is coming out soon. Justice League looks great. Yeah, I think they're going to get it right. I hope so. Uh, huge fan of Jason Momoa. Yep. Just in general. Yep. As a human. Yeah, I don't like him so much as an actor, usually. Not usually. He liked him as Cal Drogo. I did. I can't actually name anything else he's been in. So. Yeah. He was in a, a movie that's on Netflix now that I can't remember the name of. It's like a post-apocalyptic oh. type movie. I'll watch it and get back sure. to you. But um, yeah, anyways. Yeah. Justice okay. League looks dope. Looks dope. What Still was, don't like Ben Affleck as Batman. Though. I don't either. No. What I was going to say is in the original movie, there's the Tyrell Corporation. They are the ones that have made the replicants. Um, I guess spoiler alert for the original two. Also, not the original number two. It's danger Zone, motherfucker. Roy Batty, played by Rutger Hauer, kills Tyrell. He squeezes his eyeballs in. 
Dude. So that's it starts the end of the Tyrell Corporation. It's amazing that someone with the name Tyrell died in a, such a Game of Thrones Whoa. fashion. You're thinking Martell? But I guess Tyrell no, there were is Tyrells. also... No, that's true. I thought you were saying like the Tyrell is the one that died that way. No. I used to get Tyrell in But it was a Game things. of Thrones name. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So the Tyrell Corporation kind of spirals out of control and they, they're, whatever, they're gone. The pyramids that, that they did business in still exist and they show that in this movie. But who has taken over is the Wallace Corporation. And the head of the Wallace Corporation is played by Jared Leto. His name is Neander Wallace. Now, is he blind? I didn't get that. So I did think that though, because yeah, he I never did. looks at people in the eyes. And he's got these like stainless steel looking yeah, pupils. It's, it's a trip, man. Um, it's it's unclear if he's blind. He never looks people in the eye when he talks to them. I think he might be because he's got those little drone things, and it's like he sees you think that's through how them. He sees? Yeah, yeah, I I, really I wouldn't be surprised because he had to put the little mm-hmm. cookie thing on. Yeah, that could be the case. Let's say he's blind. Okay, that feels right. Um, but his whole thing is that he knows that the Tyrell Corporation had had a replicant that had a baby. Mm-hmm. And he wants to, he, there's a monologue he has where he's basically like, and this feels a little bit mustache twirly to me, but he says like, um, we as humans have lost our, lost, lost our taste for slavery unless it's non-human. Like we need, we need more slaves. That Everything good in civilization has been done on the backs of slaves. So he wants to make more replicants, but he doesn't have the production means to make more replicants. So they need to have their own babies. So he's like, I need to crack this baby code. But for that, I need to have the parents and the baby. That's why he's looking for them. Yep. Okay. So everyone in this movie ends up looking for the same yes. character. So you basically have the Wallace Corporation, you have uh, the LAPD by way of K, and you have uh, these rebels, mm-hmm. right? So there's all those people looking for this for all different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was going to say is Jared Leto, I think, nails it. There's just enough of him to make him sinister and not tongue-in-cheek and to yeah. feel like an actual threat. What did get tongue in cheek for me was his uh, his mercenary lady. Oh yeah, she was ridiculous. Like she started off sinister and crazy, but there's this big fight scene at the end with uh, him with with Kay and this gal uh, whose name is somewhere I don't care. You yeah, know what I'm talking exactly. About. Doesn't matter. Um, I didn't like her because she was so unrobot like it so many times. Oh really? With she the- was like quivering with emotion. Exactly. Well, I think that's the point like of it. the new replicants. They are so close to us. They are emotional and they're they're unstable. She just kind of bugged me. Yeah, I didn't. She she irked me as well, but I think for different reasons. Probably. Um, in any case, the big reveal at the end, we know that there's this baby being looked for, and we start to think that Ryan Gosling is the child. He starts to think. He that. starts to think it, and he's told at one point, "No, you're not. It was actually a girl." Yeah. And at but, that point, I was go ahead. Oh, I'm just gonna say he thinks that because he keeps having this memory, right? And it was implanted there. But yes. it turns out that it's a thing that actually happened. Did, so yeah, he goes to see the one girl that comes up in the film. Yeah. And that's where I was like, that's who it is. Yeah, it's obviously. But he does go to see her and she is somebody that works for Wallace and she creates memories to put in these new replicants to give them backstory. Backstory is a Westworld yeah. term, I guess, in so this she, case. Exactly. So she's a memory creator. So Kay says, I'm going to go to the person that creates memories mm-hmm. to see if I can figure out if this thing was just an implant or if it actually happened. He's trying to figure out if he had a childhood. Now, this was subtle, and I'm not sure if this is something that she realized at the time, but she has this machine that lets her watch the memory as he sees it. Mm-hmm. She watches it, and they both start crying. It's a very traumatic memory, right? It's him getting beaten up as a kid by a bunch of other kids because they want to steal his, his wooden, wooden horse. horse with his n- birthday carved into it, yeah. as far as he knows. And she's crying when she sees it. Now, I assumed she was just so em- empathetic that 
it hurt her to watch it. Yeah, especially because she would know it wasn't an implant. It was a real memory. Right. That was the other thing about the machine. But unless that was her memory and she knew it was her memory. And which it was. But I don't think so because at the end, Harrison Ford walks in, Deckard walks in. She doesn't recognize him. She doesn't know that might be her dad because she was left as a baby. She would never know him. Yeah. But she would remember that experience. Yes. And she put the memory, she made that memory to be implanted into something. Well, that's true. I guess it was made clear. Like, yeah, she she left it so vague. She was like, well, this is a real memory. Yeah. But I mean, just by elementary, like, she would have had to make that memory with her machine to put it into a robot. So she knew. That's a trip. Because a lot of the time she's, you see her, she's making these very happy memories. Yeah. And she's like, she even says specifically, she goes, um, you know, I can't really affect what happens in their daily life. They're robots and slaves or whatever, but I can give them something happy to think about. And the fact that she gave this memory out there is strange to me. Yeah. But yeah, maybe. So maybe she did it to like cover her tracks. Yeah, maybe. The big reveal is that she's, yeah, she's left behind by her parents because it was Rachel and Deckard. Because in the memory that Kay is having, the kid in the memory that is supposed to be Kay Mm -hmm. has very short hair dressed like a boy. Like a very Arya kind of situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe she planted that on purpose into a male replicant to kind of brush away. Yeah. Throw throw off the scent. Yeah. That's that's good thinking. Um, Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to think of other things that I wanted to point out. Um. I want, okay. Mm-hmm. One thing that made me so fucking mad. Yeah. Like, I'm still a little upset. What happened to that dog? Right. I could have sworn that that girl was going to come by and shoot him. Right? I was like, I'm waiting for that. I know. If you kill the dog, I'm going to be legitimately upset. <laughs> yeah. So, a little backstory on what I just said. Sure. Oh. Me or you? I was, I'll do I was, it. Yeah. I was segueing no, you. Ryan Gosling goes and he finds... Also, I thought that town was Vegas. That was my interpretation. It was very Vegas-like. It was like Vegas. Yeah. There was like, he walked into a casino. No. Deckert has been hiding out for years. Harrison Ford. Correct. And Ryan Gosling finds him. He has a dog. And I think it's a real dog, but he doesn't know. Nobody knows if these animals are real. Yeah. He asked him, uh, Kay asked him if it's a real dog. He's like, I don't know. Go ask him. Yeah. Um, So there's a scene where, well, all right. You first learn about the rebels. You don't know they're the rebels. You just think there's some strangers. When a woman tells Mackenzie Davis's character, who is like a hooker, to go try to have sex with Ryan Gosling, basically. Not like a hooker. Yeah, she's a hooker. Is you're a right. Hooker. That's true. And he's like, I'm not interested. And then his little device rings. She's like, oh, you're not into real girls. She leaves. Yeah. She comes back later. This is what we were talking about earlier. She is the hooker that lets uh, Anna de Armas integrate with her. Yeah. So it's like a human connection. So the hologram basically becomes like the outer appearance of this It's this a hooker. trip. It's it, real cool, though. It was so like um, moving mm-hmm. just to see like the physical connection between him and this hologram. Yeah. And also the graphics of her being... Like the delay. Like, like the sh- morphing. Sh- yeah. That was cool. Yeah, never, was nice. never seen anything like that. Yeah. The only thing I thought of was Ghost. The, the concept being like... Are, have you seen Ghost? Yeah. All right. Well, there's that scene where uh, Whoopi Goldberg is a, is a medium and she lets... Um, Patrick Swayze's ex, what's her name? I can't think of her name. Demi Moore. Demi Moore. Sure. Go into her body and they can like dance and make love Mm -hmm. in that body. Okay. It's like that. That's when Demi Moore banged Whoopi Goldberg. No, it's when, oh, you're right. I said that wrong. You're right. It's when Patrick Swayze goes into Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Well, it was like that, except way technologically cooler. And this was building up to the house somehow and the dog. Mm -hmm. I think we got Right. Right. So he goes and he, I don't know what we were saying there. Uh, oh, right. So the first time we learn about um, the rebels, right? Yeah. 
so she has sex with him as his girlfriend wife, but she puts a tracking device in his coat. Yep. And then he, t- I don't know why, he's just like, I trust this girl. He doesn't check his coat pockets ever, I guess. He goes to find Deckard, he finds him, but then he's being tracked. Except, and this was unclear too, how did the how did the Wallace Corporation find him? He wasn't being tracked by the Wallace Corporation. He's being tracked by the rebels. No, he was being tracked by the Wallace Corporation But too. how? Uh, they never showed us that, if that's the case. Yeah. But also, he's like a replicant. He knows that. He's, he's got to have like some tracking device he's in him. He's got to. Well, I know for a while they were tracking him with the uh, the antenna in his um the the unit that oh that's true and didn't he break that while he was there so what we're talking about now is is the hard drive that his girlfriend was stored on and he was like i need to leave it's time to run you need to put your entire existence on this little portable device that i got you for our anniversary and or she said that and he's like no but then if that ever breaks you're gone forever and she's like like a real girl which is all she wants because she's fake and whatever that's all we that's all any of us want is to be real and so he snaps this little hard drive, and I think you're right here, but he doesn't get rid of it. He just leaves it in his apartment. Well, even if he snapped it while he was, did he? No, he did it at the apartment. Mm-hmm. And gonna, he just left it there. Yeah. So maybe they tracked her with that. It's possible because she was their property. Correct. So the, she, they probably have a tracking device or something. Mm-hmm. In, that makes in, sense. In the little, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, she ends up getting deleted, yeah. killed. She, she gets smashed. By little, Jared Leto's little minion. Yes. Uh, this is at Ryan Gosling's lowest point. Yeah. So this is all happening in Harrison Ford's, um, he took over like a casino. Yeah. And they, that's had a, the point. they had a really cool fight in the, the ballroom. That freaked me out. Yeah. That was trippy. It was very like Bioshocky if you've played, yeah. we've talked about this. Super Bioshocky. Uh, but yeah. So like he's got the whole thing booby trapped and Kay is very wily and he avoids most of the traps, but then Harrison Ford is also wily because he's been living there and he has this dog. Well, and he's Harrison effing Ford. Right. And the dog distracts Ryan Gosling long enough for Harrison Ford to pull a gun on him. And then he's like, you here to track me down? He's like, nope, I just want some questions. And he's like, what questions? He tries to shoot him. He, he does shoot him. Anyways, a big long thing ensues. Eventually, the Wallace Corporation and the Rebels catch up to them, but Harrison Ford is taken uh, a prisoner and talks to Jared Leto's character, Wallace. And the rest of the movie unfolds from there. Yeah. And it becomes like a big like cat and mouse chase game. My issue was with the dog. Right. Yeah. I think the dog dies. I think the dog doesn't matter. They should have like they should they have just, addressed it. They just left him. Mm-hmm. They just left him. Yeah, but if he's not real, who cares? But even, why is it that we feel so compassionately about a dog that we think might not even be real? Because it's a dog. That's crazy. I love dogs. It's not a dog. It's the same as a replicant. It's just a robot. If it is, it might have been a real dog. There haven't been real dogs. You remember how he was like, "I can get, this is real wood. This horse is real wood. I can get you a real horse for this. Mm-hmm. Nobody's seen a dog in forever. That sucks. I bet it's a fake dog. It's but prob- I still feel it. The dog liked bourbon. Remember when he... Yeah, that was so funny. Everybody in the theater laughed when yeah. he poured out whiskey for his dog. I laughed. Like, that's a good dog. Let's cut to the ending here. Ryan Gosling saves Harrison Ford from Crazy Woman. Yep. Drowns her. Almost dies himself several times. He takes Harrison Ford to the chamber where his daughter is, who is the memory builder, obviously, to me, and he dies mm-hmm. on the steps, very similar to Drive. Yeah. He like just kind of, he's cool, he's been stabbed a lot of times, just lays down, and I think he dies. And then Harrison Ford is reunited with his daughter. What I didn't like about this movie is that it didn't wrap it up. Right. I don't, I don't want another sequel of this. There's enough of this, these two movies for me to enjoy forever. And yeah. I just don't, I don't think it warrants a whole nother movie. So I wish they would have dealt with the Wallace Corporation a little bit more fully. 
And since they didn't, I just am a little bit let down. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. There was definitely still some unfinished business. Yeah. I was expecting the movie. So it was about two, what did I say? An hour or 164 minutes, something like that. An hour 45. Yeah. I would have taken another 25, 30 minutes and let them go deal with Jared Leto in whatever capacity that might've been. Yeah. Um, well, they kind of finalized it. Like you died in the thing that sank underwater, you know, when he, he didn't, they said the Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling's yep. character said that like you should, he's cause Harrison Ford's like, you should have let me die. Oh, I got Cause you. when they crashed the mm-hmm. thing and there was the big fight between those two man and woman, man and woman. Yeah. Um, the two robot fight, the right. robot fight. Harrison Ford's like, you should just let me die. And he's like, like you good. did die. For all they know. Yeah, for all they know, you did die. I think that's baloney. Because, like, they're going to go look for bodies. We do that now. Well, yeah, and they've got the technology to, like, if they can find a box buried under a tree, yeah. they could probably look underwater. Like, there's one body there. Yeah. There's a, it was a cop out. Yeah. It was a... Exactly. Yeah. It felt cheap. Yeah. that just, Those little tiny details in such a detail-oriented world really showed through a lot well, more. Yeah, for that reason though, I think it's not an it's not an oversight. I think they did it on purpose and I think there probably will be some reboot. And for as good as this movie is, I have to believe that the sequel to this sequel will not be that good. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I don't think Harrison Ford's going to be in it. I don't think they if they would have done it right, they wouldn't have needed a sequel. Right. I'm just saying like take the extra however long like use the extra budget and give me an extra 20 minutes and sum that up. Cut out some cut, cut out some scenes. Yeah, and there's there was, stuff to cut in this. There was a lot of long cuts mm-hmm. like that they could have trimmed down. Yeah, for sure. Actually, what there was less of than the original. In the original, they spend a lot of time like the main character will walk off screen and you'll be left looking at what the world is like. Mm. And there wasn't a lot of this. This is a lot of very following the main character, which is fine, but I really enjoyed that about the first movie mm. is they really established the world. So like maybe take out some of the some of the fat on this one. Yeah. And tie in the Wallace ending. That's fair. I don't know what happens to him. There was not a grand conclusion as far as that storyline mm-hmm. goes. Yeah. Like, basically, that woman was just some, just a minion. Yeah. And she was a great fighter, and it was scary and whatever, but I, like it didn't solve anything. There's probably an exact copy of her yeah. <laughs> to come out again. Like, I don't... Yeah. Ready to come after him. Yeah. Yeah. Got to kill Wallace. Mm-hmm. Or not. Maybe he's got to kill everybody else. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was a weird... Um, usually movies like this of the scope and magnitude don't mm-hmm. really leave things open-ended like yeah, that. Yeah, unless it's coming out the sequel again. Yeah, but then that's like, that's the only thing left you have to go off of. It's just true. Jared Leto's storyline. our main character is dead. Yeah. So. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he wasn't. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it's like Drive. Maybe they, maybe they bring him back mm-hmm. and then he has to fight Jared Leto and there's there's swords. I'd, yeah, great. You know what I mean? Maybe there's like a replicant, like mechs, like it can get in like a robot replicant. Yeah, and like, like Pacific fight Rim. Yeah. Yeah. Which a sequel is coming out. I'm not, I might watch it. I, I haven't seen like, the first one. It was good. I'll check it out. It was good. It was mindless good though. Yeah. It was yeah. like, just put it on. Mm-hmm. I watched it for Charlie Hunnam. Oh, was he in the first one? Yeah. Okay. Of uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah. Of uh, King Arthur. King Arthur. And yeah. the Legend of the Sword. Yeah, I really like him as an actor. So, I mean, I kind of bought into it, but definitely cheesy action flip. Yeah. So, well, shoot. I'm all good on this movie. I really loved it. I loved it quite a bit. Yeah. Big, big love from me. I will probably watch it again. Oh, I, th- I, think I this, might even see it in theaters again. I want to go see it in an IMAX. You should. And I will probably buy the Blu ray just because I would love to sit and consume this movie at home. Yeah, well, fair enough. Guys, we will talk to you about The Godfather next week and a beer by Speakeasy, a brewery that is maybe or maybe not still in business. We don't know. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about Max's trip 
to, to London. London. Yes, we will. So going to be an exciting couple weeks here at Fresh Hop Cinema. Stay tuned for all your latest beer and movie news. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. See you then. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.